On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we preview the Kansas-Texas football game for Saturday. Can KU do it again? You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. Thanks for joining us on Locked on Jayhawks here. You can also hear me on Rock Chalk Sports Talk Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 on KLWN and Lawrence. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and give a subscribe there. You can shoot us any comments or hit me up at D Johnson Radio if you want anything for the show to talk about. And on today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks, we're going to preview the Kansas-Texas football game. If you're looking for the preview for the basketball game tonight with Kansas and Southern Utah, check out yesterday's episode for that one. We're going to get into our bet online segment matchups of the week as well uh, as part of this episode. But first, today's episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. So Kansas takes on Texas. Both teams come into this one and four on the season, which is weird because Texas was just ranked. And I don't know. You see Oklahoma State get ranked in the uh, latest college football playoff rankings at 7-3 after Kansas just easily disposed of them. It makes me think that if, if Kansas would have beaten Texas Tech last week, Kansas would be ranked because they have the same record as Oklahoma State and uh, they would have had to head the head maybe – if they beat Texas this week, they will be ranked in next week's college football playoff rankings. But let's focus on the game at hand first. Uh, I guess the first thing for for me is a question for Texas. What's the effort level going to be? We, we had a game like this earlier for the Oklahoma game, and clearly the effort level for the opponent was very good for Oklahoma in that game. Uh, but for Texas, you kind of have that, that weird dichotomy of, hey, they could be mad after the TCU game. They just lost. They're looking to bounce back. Or now that they've lost their fourth game, are they kind of going to give up on the season? I believe they can still make the Big 12 title game. They got to win out and they need some help uh, with Kansas State and uh, maybe Baylor losing. I, I don't know the exact scenario of them getting in. So maybe that's enough for them to, you know, conjure up that uh, motivation and play at their high level because we know they're very talented. So what is the, I guess, motivation factor and the mental and the internal side going to be for them? But I do think if you're looking at this game from a where is the motivation for this team now that they're six and four and it's a Texas team that obviously they have higher heights than that. You have, I'm, if you're Texas, been listening to jokes about losing to Kansas for 365 days. And, and honestly, it's been longer than that because the the loss in 2016 and uh, there's been the talk about because the game was canceled in 2020 due to COVID. So it's been since 2019 the last time that Texas beat Kansas, like they have heard about that ever since they lost last year. And they've heard about it a lot. So I would imagine you're going to get a pretty angry Texas team trying to win back in this one. But what if you do get a lethargic team who goes, yeah, we just lost to TCU. Like our season's over. What else do we have to play for? Then maybe that could be beneficial for Kansas in this game. Um, when you look at Texas in terms of what they do well, this is a team that has all the talent in the world. They had a ton of talent last year, though, too, and they went five and seven. This year, they have a ton of talent. They've gone six and four, but all their losses have been close. And that has been kind of the story of Texas over the past whatever decade since Mac Brown. They just lose close games. That's just what they do. Like even with the Tom Herman era and Charlie Strong, every year it was like, okay, well, you know, you, you see those 
preseason previews and and it would be like, well, Texas went seven and five or eight and four this year, but they they lost four one score games. They could have easily been a 10 win team. And then the next year, guess what? They lose another ton of one score games. And that's exactly what's happening to them this year again. They lose by a point to Alabama. They lose by three in overtime to Texas Tech after B. John Robinson fumbles the ball on their first possession in overtime. They lose by seven to TCU in a game that, hey, you hold TCU offense to 17 points. You probably would have felt good about where you were going to be, but offensively, you only put up three points. Uh, you end up with 10 total in the game. Uh, they lose a, a game to Oklahoma State that felt like they were in control of for a bit, but they end up losing by seven after kind of a late comeback by Oklahoma State. Like, that's just what this team does. So if you're Kansas, push them to a close game and see if they mess up again, right? Like, see if you can just hang with them for as long as possible and come out on top. And the, and the fact that the spread is nine points, the fact that four of the last five meetings between these two teams have been decided by one score or less tells you that there is a good chance this will be close toward the end of the game. And maybe that means that uh, Texas will kind of mess things up at the end. You look at the Texas offense. They have all sorts of skill, talent, and explosive players. It's obviously led by Bijan Robinson, who is maybe the best running back in the country. He's probably going to be a first-round pick. He might even be like a, one of those running backs, like an Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, who goes like top 15 in the draft. You can set aside your where should running backs go, what's the value of them in the draft conversation for another day. Point is, Bijan Robinson is a really, really good running back, really talented for Texas, over 1,100 rushing yards. But he's not the only really good skill player they have. Roshan Johnson, their backup running back, is really talented and explosive as well. Xavier Worthy is one of the most explosive uh, ball-in-hands receivers in the country with yards after catch and whatnot. He's a beast. Jatavian Sanders is one of the, the more explosive pass-catching tight ends in the country. Funny enough, you might have two of the better uh, pass-catching, I don't know, three of the better pass-catching tight ends in the conference in this game with Jatavian Sanders for Texas and then Jared Casey and Mason Fairchild for um, Kansas. We saw Sims at Baylor a few weeks ago. He's really good also. Uh, but yeah, they, ha they have a lot of talent and, and there's other guys that maybe don't put up a lot of numbers, but they kind of just balance things out between them that they have a lot of explosive plays on their offense. Now you look at blocking wise for this team. They've been really good as a pass blocking unit. They're 17th on pro football focus in the country in pass blocking grade. They're just 101st though in run blocking grade, which honestly that makes what Bijan Robinson has done and the numbers he has put up even more special. The fact that they're not blocking well and uh, on the running game and he's still putting up ridiculous numbers, which shows how good he is, which means if you can tackle soundly, which is something that TCU did great last week and TCU has kind of done well all season long, then you should be okay. But the problem is Kansas has had a lot of games where they've been hit or miss. They've had some games where they've been sure tacklers and it's led to the offense having to go on longer drives. Last week, not the case. You missed 21 tackles. That was the highest number of the season. You had a game against Oklahoma and Baylor, I think, where you missed around 15 tackles in, in each of those games, and we saw the defense have some troubles in those games. So can you tackle? That's going to be a, a key for Kansas in this game. We'll get to our full matchups here in just a second. But Quinn Ewers, the quarterback for Texas, is, is certainly interesting as well. Very talented guy. He'll put some balls into distress. He loves pushing the ball downfield. Uh, Kansas has to be ready for those opportunities. Texas Tech threw a lot of interceptions, 16 coming into the game last week. Thought that, that would be an area Kansas could exploit and maybe get an interception or two to turn the game. They were unable to do so. They have to get a couple interceptions in this game. Quinn Ewers will probably give them a couple opportunities. They're going to have to take advantage of that. And on the other side of the ball, the defense for Texas, uh, they're pretty solid against the run. 
not like the best team in the conference, but they're one of the better teams. They're just overall one of the better teams defensively in the conference, but not the best team. Like that would be Iowa State. But in a lot of these different categories, they rank like number two or number three or kind of middle of the pack on the defensive side of the ball. But maybe the best thing that they do there, they have one really good cover corner that allows them to I don't know, play different coverages on the other end, but it's the pass rush. The pass rush for Texas is really good. The the interior guys will really create a push up front that makes it hard for the quarterback to step into the pocket. And then you're looking at rolling out and they have really athletic defensive ends and other players around the defense. They can really get out after you uh, from their pass rush and and from their defensive line. So that's certainly going to test KU in this one, uh, a pass blocking unit for KU that has been really good so far this season and that is going to have their hands full against Texas. And you're going to probably have to put up points. We know the KU defense has some holes. We know that Texas has those explosive players. You're going to have to be able to, to man yourself up against those pass rushers because KU could be down. They could be having to throw the ball. They could be having to keep up with the score of Texas in this game. So uh, that's certainly a challenge in its own right from what Texas provides. All right, we're going to get to our matchups of the game. But first, this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by Underdog. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to spice up the college football season. It's super easy to play while you're watching the Kansas game or whoever you're turning into on a Saturday or NFL Sunday or anything in between. They got NBA, college basketball, everything you can imagine on there. Get in on some action if you want some Wednesday night action, right? For this week, I haven't seen anything posted yet for Kansas yet. I'm sure it'll be posted Saturday. A lot of times it gets posted the morning of. Uh, but as of right now, they do have some lines up there for some of the college games. USC, UCLA, that's a big game, rivalry game, a couple top 15 opponents. I think it's going to be high scoring. The over-under for it is in the mid-70s. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is a really good rusher for a quarterback. I'm going to take over 46.5 rushing yards for him. Jake Bobo, who was formerly at Duke last year and tore up the Kansas defense, he's now at UCLA. Uh, he's been a really reliable receiver over 58 and a half receiving yards. And then Caleb Williams keeping pace at the other end over 322 and a half passing yards that pays out six to one. You can do the same, or you can make your own picks. It's easy to play and available in over 30 States, including in Kansas, just pick between two and five players across any team, decide if they will finish higher or lower. You can sign up with the promo code locked on all one word and underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 deposit a hundred. Get 100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store and Google Play Store today. That's Underdog Fantasy. Promo code locked on, all one word, locked on. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Okay, matchups of the game for the for uh, KU football. First down, let's start with the Texas offense on third downs. So the Texas offense on third downs um, has been hit or miss this year, but KU defensively has had a lot of trouble getting off the field on third downs. Kansas is last in the Big 12 in third down defense. Teams are converting 47% of third downs against this Kansas defense. Texas only ranks seventh in the Big 12 and third down conversion rate at about 38%. The number was a lot better before the TCU game, but it was still kind of middle of the pack in the conference. So they haven't been great at it, so don't let them be great at it in this game. We saw KU get killed by Texas Tech on third downs, and even in third and sixes, third and longs, felt like Texas Tech kept converting. A lot of them, too, was with the quarterback running with Tyler Shuck. A lot of him was him breaking tackles. He's a big guy, hard guy to tackle. Quinn Ewers does have some mobility. He could take off, and, and you got to be worried of that. But he's not as big of a just 
target six foot five, six foot six, like 240 pounds as Tyler Shuck is. So uh, bring him down when you have the opportunity to do so, complete the tackles and make those stops on third down. And it's really not just third down. We could extend this to for first down Texas on money downs, third and fourth down, because if you combine third and fourth down, teams are converting about 50% on KU. They've been bad on third down and bad on fourth down. They have to be able to get off the field against a team who hasn't been great at staying on the field on third downs. You cannot make that a strength for them in this game. Second down, the Kansas rush offense versus the Texas run defense. Kansas leads the Big 12 with six yards per carry. They're averaging over 200 rushing yards per game, and Devin Neal is on an absolute heater right now. He has over 400 rushing yards the last two weeks, and his previous career high for rushing yards before uh, the game a couple weeks ago against Oklahoma State was in the Texas game last year in Austin. He was dominant in that game. He was great for you. They need him to be great once again uh, to keep the defense rested, keep the defense off the field, move the ball offensively, and be able to run the football. Texas, meanwhile, though, has had a good running defense. They are second in the Big 12 in yards allowed per rush. They're giving up just 3.4 yards per rush, and they're surrendering just 127 rushing yards per game. So this hasn't been an easy defense to run on. Kansas has been an offense that has found a lot of ease running the football at times, but we have seen sometimes like the Baylor game where they weren't able to run the football. If Jalen Daniels is back in this game, which we haven't really discussed yet, which we'll get to here in a second, then all of a sudden, maybe that opens up the option game a little bit more and you're you're better at running that style of play, which you haven't been able to do as much the past few weeks, which makes a different challenge for a defense than just, well, how are you doing against blocks? You're also having to read things and react and whatnot. It's just a different style of stopping the run. So that'll be a big key in this one. Third down, the Kansas offensive line versus the Texas pass rush. Texas leads the Big 12 with 24 sacks this season. They are 14th in the country on pro football focus in pass rush grade. This is a really good unit. As I talked about earlier, they get to you in the front and the middle where it makes it tough to step up into the pocket and just get immediate pressure up front. They come after you on the edges. It's just a really good pass rush unit overall. And this goes back to the running game too. Uh, but Texas is really good on the inside. Byron Murphy is an absolute beast. That's a name to watch. And Kansas has allowed the least amount of sacks in the Big 12 this season with eight of them. Now, part of that is tempo. If you're not running as many plays, if you're running the ball a lot, you're not going to give up as many sacks. But it's not just the number that's low. Kansas has done a really good job in pass protection. We've seen so many plays where Jason Bean or Jalen Daniels has had all kinds of time in the world to throw downfield and hit a target who makes a really good catch downfield. So uh, the KU offensive line versus the Texas pass rush. And then fourth down. I'm going to have a bonus, uh, a fifth down. We'll do the uh, ode to Colorado, Missouri on this one, just because in a second you'll see why. But fourth down, uh, making Quinn Ewers uncomfortable without blitzing. When kept clean, Quinn Ewers is completing almost 60% of his passes. He's averaging seven and a half yards per attempt, and he has 12 touchdowns to three interceptions. When he's under pressure, he's completing just 39% of his passes, averaging 5.4 yards per attempt, and has zero touchdowns to three interceptions. And, and sure, you could say this about every quarterback. Every quarterback, get them under pressure, you're going to have more success with defensively. That is obviously true. And sure, every quarterback is worse under pressure, but the difference there for Quinn Ewers when kept clean versus under pressure, it's more stark maybe than some other guys. Like, for instance, Jason Bean, when under pressure, is still completing about 50% of his passes, 7.6 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, one interception. He's worse under pressure, for instance, but Quinn Ewers, the drop-off is even bigger, so get him under pressure. Um, that being said, though, here's what's interesting. When Quinn Ewers is blitzed, 
He has six touchdowns to zero interceptions. When he's not blitzed, he has six touchdowns to six interceptions. So he has actually struggled when coverage, there's a lot of guys back in coverage, and he wants to just force it into a tight window that isn't necessarily there, which means if we're tying this all up together, Kansas is going to have to get him under pressure, but by only doing it with three, four, five guys at a time, that means there was a lot on the front and Lonnie Phelps and Jeremy Robinson, Malcolm Lee, and all those guys to get pressure without KU having to blitz a lot in this game. All right, our fifth down, I, I promised an extra one here. The possible return of Jalen Daniels. We don't know for sure if he's going to return. Uh, I talked about earlier this week. It seems like that's the direction it's going. Keep in mind, though, that in the answer Lance Leipold gave about him progressing in the right way, that he's getting really close, he said that I don't know if Jalen will ever be 100% this season from what he completely was at the beginning of the year regardless. So what do we expect of Jalen Daniels versus the Texas defense? Well, you, you look at the pass rush of Texas. That's scary that you have a, a quarterback who just came back from an injury how is he going is he going to be trigger shy at all is that going to affect the game but also he needs to be good about getting the ball out quickly to protect this offensive line and you know avoiding kind of the pass rush there but if he is in this game and it helps Kansas in that triple option game which you haven't been able to do as much with Jason Bean cuz Bean sometimes struggles uh reading the option game and, and reading when to give it when to take it when to pitch it when to keep it um, Jalen is so good at that stuff and has such good vision and can break tackles from the quarterback spot. It completely opens up certain things in this game that could completely turn around the game. All right, our player matchup of the game. How about Jatavian Sanders, the really good tight end for Texas, who is a matchup problem as a tight end in the middle of the field against Craig Young. We haven't called Craig Young's name a lot here over the past couple of weeks. It's not that he's been doing bad, but he hasn't had like maybe that, that huge game changing uh, play or, or game of late. And this could be a big matchup for him. You think of him as someone who, you know, is kind of that safety linebacker hybrid, has the size of a linebacker, has the speed of a safety. Well, those are the types of guys that typically match up well or match up on big and athletic tight ends. So I don't see a lot of Craig Young on Jatavian Sanders. And if you could take him out of the middle of the field, that makes it a lot more difficult for what Texas and Quinn Ewers wants to do. So that's going to be a very interesting player matchup in this game. All right, in just a second, we are going to get on to our bang segment of the week. But first, this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by Nugenics. Remember when winning felt easy? That's because when you were younger, you were at the peak of testosterone production, what some have called the winner's hormone or the man hormone. Wouldn't it be nice to get that winner's edge again and that old swagger back in your step? Want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testafin will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, get your better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Because Nugenics Total T boosts free testosterone that the aging process robs, you'll feel stronger, leaner, with more energy and drive, and more passion too. Your partner will even notice the difference. Nugenics Total T is the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. Nugenics Total T can help re-energize your life and help you back get back the powerful, confident, good-looking warrior you used to be. Right now, get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text COLLEGE to 213-213. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text COLLEGE to 231-231. Text COLLEGE to 231-231. Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. Okay, finishing things off here on Locked on Jayhawks with our bet online segment of the week. And uh, you can check everything out and get lines on your own at betonline.net. 
Kansas is running at plus nine right now against Texas. Uh, they're plus 255 money line. I kind of like the Kansas spread in this one. I don't know about the money line, but um, that's not bad odds. The The reason I like the plus nine, I think this will be a close game. It's senior day for Kansas. They've played Texas close a lot lately. Four of the last five have been within one score, which the plus nine covers the one score and gives you an extra point on top of it. I think if Kansas brings back Jalen Daniels, they're extra hyped up and juiced up. They could have some more triple option and maybe surprise Texas a little bit with what they're doing offensively. Um, They've just had good juju against them, man. Now, I am a little worried that Texas, you know, is going to play super angry because they lost the game and they they have, you know, they're, they're mad about all the jokes and whatnot. But there have been a lot of other closer games and you have the 2016 win over Texas and that didn't stop Texas or, or turn it around that, you know, they were all of a sudden having so much more success against Kansas from there on. So I like Kansas plus nine. The over under is 63 and a half. I think I would lean over because I don't really trust the Kansas defense and you could give up 31, 38, even 40 points to Texas in this game very easily. But honestly, it's a number I'm avoiding because there is also worry for me that the Texas pass rush and defense is going to hold Kansas down to 17, 21, 24 points. And if that happens, then it might be a little tougher to get to that 63 and a half. Uh, by the way, there's some lines on some KU hoop stuff. You can bet on the KU game against Southern Utah tonight, which if you're looking for that preview, check it out in yesterday's episode of Locked on Jayhawks. You can also get Kansas plus 250 to win the battle for Atlantis. They were previously the slight underdog or second highest odds or lowest odds, depending how you view it. Tennessee was the favorite to win it, but Tennessee lost to Colorado a few nights ago. And now they are both plus 250 to win the battle for Atlantis. If you really liked what you saw against Duke, you can get Kansas at 16 to 1 to win the NCAA title, which, by the way, is actually lower than two current Big 12 teams with Baylor and Texas at 14 to 1. Texas looked really good in that win over Gonzaga the other night. Super athletic, have a lot of really good players. Uh, they're also below one future Big 12 team, Houston is the the current favorite. They're plus 850. They've looked awesome so far. Jairus Walker looks like a stud. And then one potential future Big 12 team, Gonzaga, who just got smoked by Texas. I don't love that at 11-1 to 1 after they just looked so bad against Texas, but you can get them as well. But KU, yeah, going at 16-1. Uh, okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. If you have anything you'd like for the show to talk about or want to follow along on the action, you can reach out at D Johnson Radio on Twitter. You can send us a comment on our YouTube page. Don't forget, um, that you can subscribe to the YouTube page or check us out wherever you get any of your podcasts. That'll do it for today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks. Have a good rest, Jay. Have a good rest of your weekend. We'll be back Monday to discuss the Southern Utah game, to discuss the Kansas-Texas game here with Locked on Jayhawks.